Hello beautiful and welcome to Finding Fertility. I'm your host Monica Cox from FindingFertility.co and I created this podcast to help get you to start thinking outside of the box and realize that your infertility might have nothing to do with your lady bits. Rooted in functional medicine and personal experience, Finding Fertility is all about looking at the whole body and finding the root cause of your infertility. Finding Fertility does not diagnose, prescribe, or treat any issues of infertility. But what we do is take a holistic approach and improve your diet and your lifestyle to get you steps closer to creating your dream family. Just by being here with me, listening to this podcast, you're already going down the right path to making your dreams come true. Let's do this together. Happy Friday, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox, and I'm so excited to have Jacqueline Downs back on the podcast. I think you're our first like three-timer, so congratulations. One, <laughs> um, you're here because we're we're celebrating that you have written what I believe, and I haven't read all the books out there, I'm just going to say that, but I believe is one of the best books for explaining unexplained fertility issues. I got to beta read it, and I was super excited that some of the information in there, like no one had been talking about, and I had just kind of stumbled on it in like the quest of being like a good holistic functional fertility health coach. So that was super exciting. But what else was super exciting is there was stuff that I didn't know. And I was like, yay, I'm learning something new. And people just aren't regurgitating like gut microbiome and all that stuff. So welcome, Jacqueline. Thank you. I love talking with you. So it's an absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you. Yay. For anyone who hasn't listened to other podcasts of ours together or don't know who you are, can you just give us a little brief on um, the amazingness of you? Uh, I just published a book called uh, Enhancing Fertility Through Functional Medicine Using Nutrigenomics to Solve Unexplained Infertility. And it discusses common, very common, but lesser known root causes of fertility challenges, but really just lesser known causes of oxidative stress, which I know y'all know what that is by now because Monica <laughs> talks about it all the time. And oxidative stress is at the root of all chronic issues pretty much. So even if there, you know people that are having health challenges that aren't necessarily trying uh, to conceive or, or sustain a pregnancy, it could still benefit them because it talks about things like iron dysregulation and oxalates and uh, detoxification and fat utilization and histamine and mold and mycotoxins, uh, which are, um, a lot of them are just now starting to be talked about more, especially in functional medicine circles. Like mold is kind of like the hot topic right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's so funny. It's like, it's, these are all normal and common health issues unfortunately. And our fertility doctors just aren't looking there because they've been trained to hyper-focus on our lady bits. And for most of us, especially with unexplained infertility, or as we like to say, fertility issues, because infertility is just made up a fucking made up term by the industry. <laughs> like It only exists for a very small portion of women who are truly infertile. Um, they're, they're just not trained to go there. And I think 
you know, in my experience, obviously it was like life lessons. Like I had to start digging and looking. And I think the only reason I stumbled upon these things is because there wasn't fertility podcasts out there in my time to kind of consume information. So I was pushed out to all these other health and wellness. And at the time, gut health was like kind of the big topic. And luckily for me, that was my issue. But um, yeah, I'm really excited that this information is available, not only for, you know, kind of people just listening to this podcast, you can go and buy the book, but for fertility health coaches, because they're on the rise, right? There's this industry now of health coaches, but I do question what their knowledge is behind fertility issues. And I'm so glad that they have this resource now. Well, thanks. Yeah, I did write it for two demographics. I wrote it for the motivated layperson that is uh, on a fertility journey uh, and likes to educate themselves about cutting edge things. But also I wrote it for practitioners because um, there's a lot of biochemical and genetic information in there, but I separated it into appendices so that you can take what you want and, and leave what you don't. And, yeah. and back to what you were saying about the lady bits, uh, I, I 100% agree because mess hormones are just messengers and mm -hmm. nobody's looking at why the message is what it is. They're just forcing the message to say something and forcing the hormones to be in proper proper levels to achieve pregnancy, but aren't really addressing why the body felt that it was necessary to temporarily pause or shut off mating ability. And so these things that I talk about um, are things that sort of make the body go into alarm mode. And so when the body's in an alarm mode, it knows that now's not a safe time to procreate. So it temporarily shuts off mating ability. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So for me, my coaching has really developed into uh, finding people's holes, finding the truth of where their fertility issues lie. Um, I'm able to have like a really in-depth conversation and go, that's where we need to focus. And most of the time it has like nothing, absolutely nothing almost to do with um, what they think fertility issues have to do. I have a client right now who was in a car accident. Her period stopped after the car accident. She already had some kind of issues before, but I think it was the straw that broke the camel's back. And I was like, have your doctors addressed this? She's like, nope, they don't think it's a big deal. And like my whole body was lighting up like, no, this is a big deal for you. This, we need to focus on this, whether it's a physical thing, a mental and emotional thing, whatever's going on, let's work these pieces out. And your superpower is genetics. So tell us a little bit about what you do on that side. So uh, rather than just testing for isolated genes like MTHFR, which is like the hot hot topic whenever when anybody thinks of epigenetics that that is has heard of anything they probably think of mthfr but you can't just test for one gene because that just provides a, a pinhole picture for a, a mural sized um, map and so uh, you want to test the whole genome but not for genetic mutations that cause things like tay-sachs or um, you know uh, muscular dystrophy or something like that. We functional genomics looks at genes you can actually do something about. Mm -hmm. So um, you can change the expression. So um, a lot of people say that expression, gene expression is like a light switch that turns off and on, but I like to think of it more as a dial, like a dimmer switch. 
because it's not whether it's not a black and white issue. These things can be expressing a little bit or they can just be full on expressing to the max, depending on what you have going on and the environmental factors affecting your genetics. So a lot of people just this morning, I had a client, she was saying that she had MTHFR and she had COMT and you know that's that's why her dopamine was this and and i was like there are so many more genes related to dopamine metabolism than comt and liver pathways and so you can have perfectly fine genes but if your liver is not detoxifying then it doesn't matter you're not going to be clearing you know these these toxins and neurotransmitters and hormones and stuff um, so you really need to see the whole picture because there's so many things upstream and downstream of each gene so you can't just treat the SNP or just test for a certain gene. Um, and so that's what I do. I look at hundreds of thousands of SNPs and then based on what you have written in your intake form, coupled with any lab work you share or um, past diagnoses or symptoms or goals, that's sort of where I go in your genome uh, and, and start looking. So I don't just go gene by gene by gene in my genetic interpretation because you know that would take like a month. So yeah. um, I, you know, I, I just sort of, highlight and focus on the areas of um, your concern relevant to you and and discuss certain genes that can be affecting that based on how variated they are. Yeah, it's so important. Um, what's the difference between your services, maybe even your testing, and then how you deliver the information to, let's say, the kind of genetic testing that you can buy off of Goop or... Um, any other of the other to be honest I don't know because yeah. <laughs> this is like not I don't I'm not interested I have done Ben Lynch's gene test but he doesn't offer it anymore but um what's the difference well first off most of those like even Ben Lynch's and he's he's brilliant he's great but he um is still using the 23andMe which they changed their chip and took out 7,000 relevant SNPs in August of 2017 and so they have a really limited picture for you or a limited amount of genes. I'll just be literal, literal, a, a limited amount of genes. So you can't really see the whole picture. Um, and then a lot of other testing companies give you canned responses uh, or else completely generic responses. So either you have I know there's one company that has like a lot of different reports. You have a hormone report, an exercise report, a sleep report, a neurotransmitter report. And one report could say, you have this genetic variant. So take this supplement, avoid this form and do these, do more of these things. And then 10 pages later, or in the next report, it could say, well, you have this genetic variant. So take this supplement, avoid that supplement, the supplement that they just told you to take 10 pages earlier. And so you get analysis paralysis because there's a lot of contradictions. Or and I just posted about this on Instagram. I had somebody that recently did a, um, a genetic test and I said, okay, so you know, what, what did you glean from that? What was your takeaways? And, and she said, well, I need to sweat more and I need to make sure that I'm drinking clean water with electrolytes and I need to eat more cruciferous veggies and you know, just like get enough sleep, practice sleep hygiene. And I was like, that everybody should be doing that. I was you don't say, need to know basics. your genes yeah. uh, in order to, to, for those things. And I talk about all that stuff in my book. I have a chapter that's just like, whether you know your genes or not, these are things that benefit every single human being. Mm -hmm. 
And it's just, you know, get sunshine and make sure you're out, you know, outside in nature sometimes and make sure you get enough sleep and, you know, these kind of things. So, so either they're really generic or they're very contradictory or they just, uh, I know some of them, you have to go and do your own research, um, but most of them are just very limited. Uh, they're not looking at entire pathways. So yeah. they're looking at clinically validated. So there's actually a ClinVar database, clinic, clinical variants, which um, have studies behind them. They're, they're you know, clinically validated studies regarding this particular SNP on this particular gene. Um, but then they might've only done studies on three SNPs for a gene when there could literally be dozens of them. And so the software that I use incorporates those dozens that are not clinically validated. They separate them out between the clinically validated and the non-clinically validated. So you can use those um, to, to take into consideration because just because it doesn't have the studies behind it doesn't mean it's not impactful. So mm -hmm. I really think that the software that I use looks at far more genes and in a more comprehensive way. Yeah, absolutely. When I got um, my report back from Ben Lynch, it was so overwhelming. It was like 50 pages of stuff. And obviously they have like support documents and a Facebook group that you can go in. And even with all my knowledge, I was like, yeah, no, not like I already knew what I needed to do anyway. So it was, I wasn't like seeking information, but even for me, I can understand how overwhelming it is. And this is why it's so valuable that if you're interested in this, if you feel like you've done everything um, under the sun and you're still not getting the, the results that you want, this is a great way to find those missing holes in a very scientific way, right? This is data. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And also it can, even if you were doing all the right things and say you took a supplement like glutathione and you felt horrible or mm -hmm. had some sort of adverse reaction, your genes can tell you why. Um, your genes can tell you which form of supplements would be best for you or which order that you might need to do things in a protocol um, or which, um, you know, what stuff to avoid. Like you know, the, the example that I always use is a lot of people take glutathione, but if you, or no, they take NAC. NAC was all the rage since the whole pandemic, um, but NAC doesn't work for a percentage of the people because their body is not able to take that cysteine and combine it with the other two amino acids to make glutathione. And so you're not really turning that NAC into glutathione like you think you are if you have certain genetic variants. And so these are the kind of things I talk about. And in that case, doing something like liposomal glutathione or another form of glutathione would be better. But then again, there's always genes that could affect how well you're recycling your glutathione. And so it's really a lot to take into consideration and, and it shouldn't just be left in a report, a canned response report for you to figure out. This is, this is where I come in and I, I do, um, I actually provide interpretation videos. I, I write, type up a whole summary, which takes me a really long time. It's very thorough. My most recent one is like between 10 and 15 pages. And then I make a video and I sort of go through that based on what the person's uh, you know, primary concerns are. And so the videos are typically about 40 minutes, um, but uh, I've gotten really, really positive feedback on them. Yeah, I mean, it's invaluable information for yourself because it just gives you a detailed roadmap and you're not guessing. I mean, if you think of, oh, 
I know I spent a truckload of money on supplements that weren't working. And like you said, for various reasons, either I wasn't processing them, I didn't need them, you know, like whatever the case is. And we get so like deer in the headlights in this fertility journey. And we are like, oh, well, that supplement does that. And that supplement does that. It's like, well, is it doing that for your body? Like one of my biggest recommendations is to get off all the supplementation. Like your liver is in overdrive. <laughs> like it's not supporting you the way you think, but it's these tangible things that we hold on to. Like, well, I'm doing something. I'm doing the supplementation. I'm doing the diet. And if we can like take a step back and really surrender and go, okay, what's right for me? Checking in with our body and saying, hey, when I took that glutathione supplement, I felt like crap. So maybe I shouldn't take it. Well, a lot of functional medicine doctors will say, oh, that's just a Herx. Keep going. Yeah. Right. And, and it's not actually a Herx, which for the people that don't know is like a healing crisis when you start to detoxify all the toxins get mobilized and you feel kind of crummy, they get mobilized faster than you can clear them. And while that is, you know, a possibility and it does happen um, with glutathione, it's probably more of an inflammatory issue because your body's not able to properly use it or recycle it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, I don't know if you feel the same way is that there, I feel like there's a stage of detoxification that needs to go on before we start throwing supplementation at it. Right. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, let's clear the body first. And then if you can get the right information of like the exact supplementation you need, you are going to do way better and it's going to be less expensive and less time because you're not going to be messing around. So I, I definitely think that we both know that there's quite a few people, even in our industry that are just like supplement pushers because they mm -hmm. get commission or maybe they have their own supplement line you know whatever it is um but yeah it's really important to almost slow down on that the supplementation will be there for you and it will work better for you once you kind of detox clear reset yes absolutely I talk about that in my book about a, a bottoms up approach from detox because like, don't even start working on a liver detox if you're not pooping every day, because you're going to yeah. mobilize all of those toxins from your liver and they're not going to be able to get excreted from the body and they're just going to be recirculated and place more of a burden on, on your liver and body. So um, there's a, a proper way to detox and then, you know, opening up your channels of elimination and that kind of stuff. So yeah, I 100% agree with that. Yeah, exactly. And so if people are interested in doing some genetic testing with you, what kind of process does that look like? Pretty simple. I tried to make it as streamlined as possible. Now the, the testing that I use, the test kit that I use and the software I use is not direct to consumer really. You have to get it through a practitioner. So um, practitioners can either have an affiliate account. So you can ask your practitioner to be an affiliate um, or you can go to my website and you can um, order it. And um, depending on if you've already done genetic testing, um, the software I use is compatible with older versions of 23andMe. Um, or you can buy a genetic test kit that has been customized, cherry picked. You know, we got to, once 23andMe changed their chip in 2017 and took out all these relevant SNPs, um, my colleague decided to 
make his own chip and he put all 7,000 of those back in plus ones that were never on that before. He actually put a call out to all the practitioners that were using his software and said, hey, I'm making a new chip. Let me know what genes you want me to put in there or any particular SNPs. And so I do feel that that test is the most comprehensive. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's just as easy as um, clicking a button on the website and then I do require that you have to fill out an intake form. Otherwise I won't be able to provide you with the best, most personalized information, um, which I think that's one reason that a lot of these other interpretation companies are lacking because they don't know your history. They don't know what's worked. They don't know what your current diet is. They don't know anything about your digestion or your, your inflammation or anything like that. So I have a, a good idea of what you need and where you are um, when I do your interpretation. Yeah. I mean, that's the key. And I think maybe that's why this kind of services and my services are just a little bit more expensive is because it's so tailored to you. And that's how we really get down to the root cause because when, and I know that I felt this way, I'm sure you felt this way at some point in the doctor's office, they just don't have the time. Their system isn't set up to really know what's going on with you. Tell me your symptoms. Here's the drug get out of my office kind of thing where we're like, well, let me know what you ate all last week and what was your stress like? And like, what's your ultimate goals? What's your top 10 goals? What's your normal and common health issues that we can literally see disappear within four weeks once we get you on like the proper thing and then your ultimate goal, obviously here we're talking about a healthy, happy pregnancy um, is is on its way, right? Like obviously we can't guarantee anything, but you know, we're pretty, we're pretty secure in the knowledge that your body's a healing machine and it wants to do this for you. Yeah. And also you and I, and, and our circles, we just love learning. And so we want to stay abreast of the most current stuff that's out there. Whereas, you know, I think, did you hear the statistic of whenever there's some sort of peer reviewed study done, the average time for it to reach the general public is like, 14 years or 17 yeah. years or something crazy like that. Crazy. So there's a big lag in what is known and what is actually being practiced. Yeah, which is really sad. And this is one of the things I deeply believe in my heart and we're here to change is that women who either don't stumble onto this information or don't choose it for them, which isn't a judgment, it's just a choice, right? I do think there's going to be a large majority of people in about 10 years looking back going, fuck, I wish I would have just either for themselves or for their children. Absolutely. Yeah. Because so much of what we do years before we even get pregnant and then, you know, trying to get pregnant uh, affects the health of our offspring, not just our own children, but their children as well. And then even down the line further. For sure. Yeah. I um, have this colleague, she's a medical intuitive. And, you know, I always say like, I feel like our genes are just so much more dumbed down than, you know, previous generations just due to all the toxins and the stress and the food and just the way society has played out over the last 50 to 100 years. Right. And she said to me, she's like, you don't realize how right you are. (laughs) (laughs) And like, obviously she's in the background with like all these amazing abilities to look at things. Um, I know that there hasn't been genetic testing for a really long time, but in your, like, have you come across anything in your research that almost kind of can pinpoint like, yeah, like we're dealing with like, you know, a kind of quote unquote worse version than our grandparents or our great grandparents? 
It is, well, so every single gene makes an enzyme. And in order for that gene to make an enzyme, regardless of if the gene is variated with a SNP or not, uh, it requires certain nutritional cofactors to work, which means it needs, it needs nutrients to fuel that, that enzyme to, to do its job. But toxins slow it down and inhibit that process. And more times than not, and I even say in my book, I do feel that in this day and age, it is more important to be able to properly detoxify and obviously avoid the stuff from coming in in the first place than, than proper nutrition is. So, so being able to detox is more important than a nutritious diet these days because we're just inundated. And these toxins are passing on to children. If we are lucky enough to get pregnant, then I think that's one reason why we have so many more cases of learning disorders and allergies and behavior problems and you know skin issues and you know childhood cancer and so uh, this is apps and and then if you think about it we pass our toxin our toxic load onto our children and then those children you know they accumulate a lifetime or you know let's say 25 years of toxins coupled with the ones that their parents gave them. And then they're going to pass that double burden onto their children. And so clearing, being proactive about uh, preconception detoxification and optimization is really the best thing that we can do to try and slow down that nosedive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, I feel like we're the generation that's, I mean, I know that all the beautiful hippies in the sixties knew what they were talking about, but like, here yeah. we are with a lot, like a louder voice, like, Hey, wake up. This isn't just about getting pregnant anymore. This is really the future of our whole society and the way that humans grow and develop. And I, I know this is like a really harsh thing to see, say, but I see it within my kids' schools. I see it within my kids' like soccer teams. You know, like I can tell whose whose parents are a little bit more conscious about the decisions that they made before getting pregnant. And usually when you become conscious, you you bring that into motherhood, right? And that's the whole point here. It's like once you gain that consciousness, you're going to keep going with it and you're going to, you know, create a happier and healthier life for yourself as a mother, for your children, and hopefully will ripple out into your communities. Um, but if you don't have that consciousness, then there's no change, right? Like, well, there's nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. None of us have been hit with luck. Bad yeah. luck. Yeah. 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 I saw that I used to substitute teach and, you know, it was years since I had been in elementary school. And I remember one classroom had a cabinet that was filled with EpiPens in a basket. And uh, it had a list of every child in the classroom and what their allergies were. And some of them were really wild. Like I wouldn't think that somebody, like, I think, I swear one of them said zinc or something, which I'm sure is not the, you know, the root cause issue, but but just some of the things that these kids were allergic to, but it was almost every child in the class. And it was just really, really alarming. And I think part of that is because the environmental toxins, I, I, I say like we're shitting in our nest. Birds don't shit in their nest. They don't bring their trash and litter in their nest because that is, that is what they, where they nurture their babies. Right. And, and so we are just, polluting our earth and, and polluting our bodies with all of these toxins and 
preservatives and flavor enhancers and texturizers and colors and all that stuff. And um, it's all just kind of getting into the environment, whether it's, you know, through our, our excretions and the water supply, the, the you know, the, all the stuff in the water, we can have a whole podcast on that, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it, it's basically like, we've got to stop shitting in our nest in order for us to not have these toxins all around us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's always such a pleasure to speak with you, Jacqueline. I absolutely love it. You are a wealth of knowledge. I always get a little bit intimidated with you because you're so smart. Um, I am obviously an affiliate for your amazing work. So there's going to be some links in the show notes, but how can the listeners follow you and consume more of your knowledge? You can follow me on Instagram at Functional Fertility Solutions. You can go to my website, JacquelineDowns.com. Um, and there's a resources page with all kinds of links to work with me, to, um, to get a genetic uh, consult. Um, and I am relatively new and not very often on TikTok, but I'm, I'm working on it. And that's just um, JacquelineDowns.com on TikTok. I, I follow like three people and finding fertility is one of them. <laughs> well, you all know, I love TikTok. So um, all that, all those links are going to be in the show notes and obviously a link to your book as well. I'm so happy for you. And thanks once again for coming on and sharing your knowledge. Thanks so much, Monica. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Finding Fertility podcast. If you're loving this podcast, please leave us a rating and review and let us know how this podcast is supporting you to get steps closer to creating your dream family. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Friday for another episode of the Finding Fertility podcast.